Of course, everything that we have comes from God, and so it is a gift of, from God. We have before us testimonies about how we, as a church, have generously given of what God has given us, given it to the, to the people around us here in Richmond and beyond. Now, culture would let us know that we should be, we should be holding on tightly to the things we have. But here at Huguenot Road Baptist Church, and as Christians gather around the world, we're taught something different. Sometimes it requires us actually doing it together for it to really get into our soul. And so I'm thankful that here at this church, we provide opportunities for each of us to go out, whether it be just down the road at Morningside or into the city, here at VBS, or on larger trips as we go to places like Owsley County, and share what God has so blessed, richly blessed us with. And so we're, we eagerly await and hear how God has worked with us and through us this summer. And we'll start with a testimony from Rachel Jones. So I'll let them take over. Hello. In June, I had the opportunity to attend the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship General Assembly in Birmingham, Alabama. I was there not only to represent our church as one of the 25 young adults to know, but to learn more about CBF and connect with others. I wish I could share all of the things that I learned over the week as my cohort focused on racial reconciliation and justice, specifically what it looks like to start conversations about not just welcoming all people, but authentically including all within our church even if that means the start of new conversations about race, culture, sexuality, political affiliation, or age. My week in Birmingham, Alabama was transformational and educational for many reasons. But when I reflect on the scripture that was read this morning, I want to share with you how I experience God's abundance. Prior to going to General Assembly, I had given notice of my resignation at my job. And although I felt peace about the decision, I had no plans for what might be next when I transitioned off of staff at the end of June. I wrote prayer after prayer in my journal along the lines of knowing that God has a plan and yet feeling desperate for a job. And instead of waiting for God or provision through the answering of prayers, I did what any good impatient person does. I became inwardly worried which manifested in hours of applying to jobs and searching for options, which I knew I really didn't want to pursue. I went into General Assembly excited about removing myself from the job pool, even if it was just for a week, and anticipated all the learning and cool people I would meet. And I did meet really awesome people, and I learned a lot. But more than that, in the midst of my searching and trying my best to combat the scarcity, I felt God met me in Birmingham, Alabama, and taught me once more that he offers an abundance, an enoughness. He orchestrated that I would be helping out at a luncheon, captivated by the speaker, would then scour their website and randomly come across an intern application deadline only days prior to it ending. And I'm excited to announce that I will be a fall intern at the Baptist Joint Commission Committee for Religious Liberty, a national faith-based with Baptist Roots group that focus on defending the First Amendment's guarantee of religious freedom for every person. With other lessons and learning points given, it has been an exciting time to lean into the knowledge that God provides. During my first year of college in Philadelphia, I worked with a hospitality ministry that focused on trauma-informed practices. 
No one waited in line for food, and everyone was served, no matter how many came in that day. The ministry emphasized to their servers and their guests that there would always be enough. They explained that they believed the best way to combat the mindset of food scarcity was not by emphasizing an abundance, but enough. Enough every time any guest walked through the doors. I believe this is similar to what God is reminding me and teaching us all, that his abundance isn't necessarily tied to a surplus of resources, but his abundance is an everyday enough, a daily bread dependence on the goodness and providence of God himself. How precious is your steadfast love, O God. All people may take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your delights. For with you is the fountain of life, and in your light we see light. Psalm 36, 7 through 9. Hi, my name is Jackson Thornton. This summer was the first time that I went to Passport Kids Camp at Eagle Irie. The theme for Passport Kids Camp was fearless. I learned that Jesus is with me through my fear and that no matter what, he will protect me. One of my favorite events of each day was, was worship and the songs that we sang, especially My Lighthouse and Fearless. During the worship, I felt happy because I was praising Jesus with others. The themes for each day were stay awake, stand firm in the faith, be brave and strong, and fear, love fearlessly. I enjoyed meeting other people and building relationships during camp theme times like market night, baseball, soccer, crafts, and missions. Chris was my missions teacher, Cameron was my Bible study teacher, and Jonathan was another leader that I met one day, one day at lunch. Jesus wants me to be brave and share his love with others. My favorite verse from the week was 1 Samuel 3.10b, where it says, Samuel said, speak, your servant is listening. Camp taught me to be ready to listen to Jesus and obey him. I also know that God's love is for everyone and that no one can love me like Jesus does. Passport camp was amazing, and I cannot wait to go back next summer. Hello. Uh, from June 23rd to the 28th, members of our youth group here at Huguenot Road Baptist Church took part in passport choices in Greensboro, North Carolina. For some, it was their first year at camp and a completely new experience. For others, camp has become an annual summer trip we will always look forward to. This summer marked my fourth year at camp, and I can confidently say it was my favorite. The 2019 passport choices theme was fearless. This theme resonated with me in a way I never expected going into the week. On the first day, the familiar surroundings of Greensboro College greeted our group as a sort of welcome home. All of the opening celebratory procedures rolled by and the energy was already at a mark that was hard to match. I knew it was gonna be a great week full of fun, games, laughter, fellowship, and worship. As the second day approached, I was ready to dive into my Bible study and choice groups. Both of these groups were places where youth from different churches could interact with each other and their camp leaders. The choice groups were opportunities for kids to choose fun activities 
that suited their interests. Some of these choice groups included painting, singing, acting, sports, and missions. When choosing my choice group, I decided to switch it up a bit, straying away from the previous years of sports, 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 more sports. <laughs> um, I, placed, uh, I was placed in Victory Lap, a group focused on 11th and 12th graders heading into their future beyond high school. I found so much growth and nourishment, both mentally and spiritually, from the discussions we had. Just hearing the perspectives, the perspectives and other stories from other people concerning uh, problems and questions that I had was so constructive and reassuring. Even before camp, I was struggling in my mind about what my future was gonna look like after high school and going to college. The conversations and lessons I experienced with Victory Lap and members of our youth group really established a confidence and sense of hope that I now have for my faith going forward. After the second day, I had already uh, experienced this unique feeling and understanding uh, for and appreciation for God working through everybody who's participating in camp. In past years, I'd quite honestly viewed camp as a place to kind of just like have fun and socialize, but God never stopped pursuing me and trying to send me a message, a message of focus and love for him. I really think I heard God this year through many different channels and sources. Our youth leaders on the trip were always outlets for questions and open to discussion about any topic. Aaron Everick, Beth Jones, and Wilton Johns were great with making camp fun for the group and also full of meaning and purpose. One of the nights at camp, our church had a group devotion from 9 p.m. until 2 a.m., just talking about Jesus and all the complexities of the stories of the Bible, the Holy Spirit working in our lives, and what everything we were learning really meant. Um, Learning about stories in the Bible and different verses and themes was what Bible study was all about. I was blessed with a wonderful Bible study leader in Simeon, a college student who immediately stood out as a spirited guy. In Bible study, campers learned about stories in the Bible that related to the camp theme, Fearless. There were so many moving and inspirational stories with fearless men and women standing with God. I never thought of having faith as being fearless and never really knew what it was like to fear God. But after the week was said and done, I knew to fear our mighty and powerful God and at the same time be fearless in my belief. It started for me during one Sunday evening during praise band practice. There'd be this group of kids that would come in the back of the gym, and they'd stand, and they'd do some dance moves that I certainly can't do, but they would be praising, and we would welcome them and ask them to come in further. It was what I didn't know then. It was my first tug at my heart. Then I would walk by these same children. They'd be spread all across the floor of our welcome center, and they'd be listening to a lady share a Bible story. She'd be telling them about Jesus, and then they'd all bow their heads and say a prayer together. I found myself month after month lingering and listening a little bit longer to what she was sharing with those children. I didn't know it then, but that was the second tug of my heart. And so finally, I was reading The Road, the summer edition, mostly because I wanted to read about my brother Jeff and his 30 years of music ministry here at church. And somehow, God had a different plan. I stumbled across an article called Global Missions Happens Here Too. I read about Miriam and Yosef and how they've now started New Life Arabic Church 
that meets here in our church on Sunday evenings. I read about how our mission strategy team was looking for ways to partner, encourage, and support this new group of Christians meeting in our church. And they had decided that we would do some type of Bible school just for New Life Arabic Church. I knew instantly I had to say yes. So I called my mom and I just said, we have to say yes, we have to say yes. And I don't really think she read the article, but I don't even remember her saying okay before I instantly emailed Matthew and Amanda saying, we'll do it, before I had any time to even think about, did I have the stamina, did I have the energy, could I possibly do eight days of Bible school? Well, if you've ever done anything with my mom, you know that she is a planner, and I mean a long-term planner. She starts dreaming about Bible school, I'm sure, in December, but in, we have a rule in our family that I don't want to talk about Bible school until after Christmas. In January, she continues dreaming. By February, she's got it planned in her head. She's then in March begging Amanda for the scriptures and the stories so she can do her thing. By March, she has her entire outline and plan for the year, not just written out, but typed and ready to go. Then in April, our poor church staff spends time running all her copies, and they're, they're mine too. Um, I'm not quite that organized and detailed. I usually don't start thinking about my part with Bible school till May or even the first of June, which is probably why I ended up cutting out 500 fish in a week. But you can imagine the angst growing in both of us as April, May, and then June went by, and we had absolutely zero details about this second VBS for New Life Arabic Church. Less than a week before we were supposed to do our thing with New Life Arabic Church, we still had no details, and even I couldn't stand it any longer. So I announced to my mom one morning we were just going to make some executive decisions and go with it. So she quickly decided which three Bible stories we would share with our guest. And I just announced to Matthew in the hall, well, we're going to go first on the first rotation. Those were the only two details that we really knew. I didn't know how many children. I didn't know who else was volunteering. I didn't know the rotations. We didn't know anything. The first night, honestly, I was so excited, I started to prepare my heart for what if nobody came? Because we did sit around and wait and wait and wait. But then I remembered my time working in both India and the Philippines. Not everybody is as punctual in all cultures like my dad has taught me to be. And sure enough, eventually they kind of eased on in and we had a nice group. But I was super excited to see all of my precious youth show up. And they didn't just show up. They showed up, they buddied up, and they welcomed every one of our guests. Some, some nights we had five guests. Some nights we only had two guests. But we had a room full of HRBC members, including our youth and college kids as well. And I watched my mom share the Bible story with the same enthusiasm as always, but realizing there might be a little bit of a language barrier, she quickly pivoted and turned the Bible story into a game of Pictionary, where she drew and they guessed what things God created in the story of creation. We shared with them how Jesus called 
his disciples, and then ended our time with them sharing about a little boy who shared his lunch, and somehow God miraculously fed more than 5,000 people. I can't really pinpoint what exactly it was about this special time with our New Life Church, but there was something just so precious and innocent and adored about these young children. It made me even more special by getting to serve again alongside these youth. I was just so glad that I'd said yes. Back up a week, and I found my heartstrings being pulled the same way at our traditional HRBC Bible School of 2019. But as I was washing the dishes night after night, I'd be thinking about our guest and how difficult school and sometimes home must be for many of these children. I got to thinking about and really worried about how they might be picked on or not loved and adored and celebrated like we treat them at HRBC Bible School. And somehow that marathon week where I somehow managed to still work nine to 10 hours of my day job and do Bible school alongside my mom. And although my body and voice were exhausted at the end, I'm so glad that I said yes. And so I'd encourage you to say yes, like all these folks behind me did. I think I might be the only oldest one, but that's okay. I'd like to encourage you to say yes, to sign up, to show up, to think about the ways that God might use the gifts, talents, and time that you have, not just inside the walls of HRBC, but beyond, through our community and beyond. Say yes before you have a chance to think about all the excuses and reasons you should not say yes. I'm so glad that I said yes the month of July. A couple of weeks ago, I had the opportunity to go to D.C. with the United Praise for the Capital Youth Choir Conference. We partnered with the Youth Choir at Emanuel Bible Church in Springfield, Virginia. Together, we worshipped, rehearsed, served, and performed. We sang in retirement homes, mission centers, and the National Cathedral, the National Mall, and the Museum of the Bible. The theme for the week was witnessed based on the song by Jordan Felice. It talks about how God's love is like an infinitely running fountain, abundant. I think this is very fitting for today's scripture, which also talks about God's abundance. It is my prayer that with every person we came in contact with that week was touched by our message and felt the abundance of God through music and service.
Good morning. I'm Jill Rao, and two weeks ago, I embarked with an amazing team on my ninth consecutive summer trip to Owsley County, Kentucky. In the two minutes I have, I couldn't even begin to tell you about all the ways I see God in, the, in that small town, but here are a few. I saw God in the over 200 meals we served to the people in the Boonville community, in the 62 classes we offered to the kids during both VBS and day camp, whether it was cooking and clowning, theater and robotics, crafts, and even though it was known amongst the, ch the kids under various titles, Taekwondo, rec and Bible study, and seeing how excited they were to learn. In the 196 ounces of dish soap it took to make a slip and slide, perfect for fun and sliding out of your comfort zone with our team and guests from the community alike. I saw God in the 49 secret pal gifts exchange for our team to love and encourage each other. In the 12 hours Jenny and Sophie Jones spent in the car, building relationships while transporting kids from all over today camp and VBS. In the four puppies our team rescued and brought home to give them a better life full of love and attention. In the thousand high fives, fist bumps, and hugs exchanged throughout the week. In the 100 times everyone didn't say goodbye, but see you next year. There are infinite ways we see God in that community and we will continue to see him in the years to come. Thank you again to those who shared with us just a little glimpse of what God is doing through our mission and discipleship. I hope that you will respond the next time there is an opportunity for you to share God's love. We recall often how Jesus described God's abundant love. He worked intimately with 12 disciples for three years. And often those disciples saw glimpses, heard stories, and were forced to experience what God's abundant love looks like. Some of those ways may not have been evident to them initially, but I bet it stuck with them afterwards. Like when Jesus sent out his disciples in groups of two, telling them to take nothing with them except his love and share it with others. Or the time that there was a hungry crowd, and there was only a couple of fish and some loaves of bread. And Jesus asked them, the disciples, to feed the crowd, and they did, but just a little bit. And certainly the story we heard today, as Jesus described what abundant love looks like, not when we build extra big barns and keep everything to ourselves, but we richly love God by sharing what God has given us. And so Jesus gathered his disciples in an upper room, to celebrate and remember what God did for the Israelites as he led them out of captivity and freed them from slavery. And as they celebrated that Passover meal, Jesus began to remind them and tell them how just his simple body and his sacrifice would also free so many people from the bondage of sin. And it's a good story for us as well. And it's good news for us. And so that's why we remember as Jesus gathered his disciples in the upper room and he took bread and he broke it and he told them that this was his body that was broken and given for them and for us. And likewise, he took the wine and he poured it and he told them that this wine celebrated uh, it uh, represented 
Jesus' promise of a new covenant, that his blood was shed for us, the forgiveness of sin. So that every time we gather together as Christians and remember this moment, every time we take the bread and eat it and drink the wine, we do this in memory of God's abundant love for us.